Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode number 49 of Painting the Corners with Anton Schindler, brought to you by 90.5 KCSU. In last week's episode, we covered a very brief history of the Negro Leagues and talked about the various leagues, the names, and the teams that came out of it over the 130 or so year history. I realized just how brief that episode was, and I felt I would be doing a disservice to the history of the Negro Leagues if I didn't go over some of the incredible talent that filled the league and made it as special as it was during the golden era of the league. So, in this week's episode of Painting the Corners, we're going to go over some of the best and most influential players that defined the Negro Leagues and made their way into the history books when the MLB finally integrated the records into the MLB records. So let's get started. Now, as I mentioned in last week's episode, of the 3,400 athletes that played in the Negro Leagues in its long history, 37 of them have made their way into the National Baseball Hall of Fame. So we'll focus primarily on those 37 players. Let's start with Bud Fowler, one of the newest inductees into the Hall of Fame, when he and Buck O'Neill were inducted by the Early Baseball Era Committee in 2022. One of Fowler's big claims to fame is being the earliest known African-American player in organized professional baseball, as he made his first appearance on an all-white professional baseball team based out of Newcastle, Pennsylvania in 1872. At the time, Fowler was just 14 years old. Fowler would jump between various other teams throughout his career, including the Keokuk Hawkeyes, where he quickly became one of the most popular players on the team. By 1894, Fowler joined the newly formed Page Fence Giants, where he primarily played second base and right field. By the end of his career, Fowler either played for or was a manager for the Page Fence Giants, the Cuban Giants, the Smoky City Giants, the All-American Black Tourists, and the Kansas City Stars. So, if you're keeping track, that means that Fowler was not only a pitcher, but an infielder, an outfielder, and eventually a manager. He was a man of many hats, and according to his teammates, a good ball player, a hard worker, a genius on the ball field, intelligent, gentlemanly in his conduct, and deserving of the good opinion entertained for him by baseball admirers. Fowler played for 10 seasons in organized baseball, a record for any African-American player until Jackie Robinson broke it in his final season with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Unfortunately, there aren't really any stats on Fowler, as he played well before a lot of the sports records were starting to be recorded. But reading through some of the stories about this player makes me think that he was a truly incredible player, both on and off of the field. The next player is often referred to as the greatest pitcher the Negro Leagues ever saw and also one of the most popular players to ever come out of the Negro Leagues, which is a 6-foot, 3-inch right-hander from Mobile, Alabama, in Satchel Page. Now, there has been a lot of talk if Page really was the best pitcher in the league, but I think everyone can agree, at least, that he's always the one that other pitchers are compared to. You see, not only did Page have an electric fastball that came and went in the blink of an eye, 
but he also had command better than anyone had ever seen. Page played in professional baseball for 21 years, 15 of which were in the Negro Leagues. He made his major league debut at the age of 41 for the Cleveland Indians in 1948 and finished the season with six wins and a loss and an almost unhittable 2.48 ERA. Looking at the stats, it's very easy to see why Page, much like many of the others on this list, made it so easily into the Hall of Fame. Page had an ERA below 2 five times in his career, and an ERA below 3 16 times in his career. He led the league in strikeouts six times, and finished his career with 121 wins, 81 losses, and a very impressive 2.70 ERA. In 1952 and 1953, Page was selected to the All-Star Game at the age of 45 and 46, and in 1952, at 45 years old, he came in 17th place in the MVP voting when he went 12-10 and 10 with a 3.07 ERA and 35 games finished in his time with the St. Louis Browns. Page was really something special out on the mound. Some other pitchers that are often compared to Page are Smokey Joe Williams, who was a hard-throwing righty, who also made the Hall of Fame, by the way, I think primarily because of that incredible fastball that he had, and Bullet Joe Rogan, another Hall of Famer who was known for his near-on unhittable curveball. Another Hall of Famer that came out of the league is the great Josh Gibson, who was primarily a catcher in his time with the Pittsburgh Crawfords and Homestead Grays. Unlike Page, Gibson retired before the major leagues were integrated. However, that does not discount the kind of player that Gibson was. He has been compared to the Cincinnati Reds legend Johnny Bench as having many similar qualities, but having a better bat. Gibson had a career 374 batting average, winning the batting title three times and the Triple Crown twice. The slugger led all of the Negro Leagues in home runs, RBIs, and slugging percentage six years in a row. He was a hitting machine, really throughout his entire career. I mean, he hit over 400 three times in his career and never had a season where he hit below a 317 batting average. That is insane. Gibson was known for getting on base, making clutch hits, and advancing runners every time he stepped into the right-hand batter's box. And I think it's pretty easy to say that he played a massive role in 1943 and 1944 when he had 11 combined hits, 4 RBIs, and a 296 postseason batting average in the two World Series that he won with the Homestead Grays. It is said that Gibson had around 800 home runs in his professional career, 38 more than Barry Bonds. This number would have made him the new king of home runs. However, the MLB claims that not all of those home runs were official, quote-unquote. So, what gives? Well, you see, Seamheads.com, a baseball statistics site primarily focused on the Negro Leagues, went searching for and finding official box scores from Negro League games, and through the work that continues still to this day, and even though they probably can't find everything, 
Gibson's official total at present stands at 238 home runs. To me, it kind of seems like there were a lot of home runs that could have come in a lot of like unofficial exhibition type games or in these barnstorming games that we talked a little bit about in last week's episode. So there really is a good chance that Gibson did hit 800 or 900 home runs in his career, but there really isn't any good way to tell. Unfortunately, it's just too unverifiable of a stat seeing how there were so many of these exhibition barnstorming type games that happened during this era. But regardless, that does not take away from the unreal career and talent that that Georgia native had up at the plate. Another player that joined the MLB soon after Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier is the first African-American player to ever join the American League in Larry Dobby. Larry Dobby was primarily a second baseman, an all-around infielder in his time with the Newark Eagles and the Negro National League. But in his time with the Cleveland Indians, the Chicago White Sox, and the Detroit Tigers in the MLB, he was an outstanding outfielder, thanks to his pretty good speed and ability to track down the baseball. Not only that, but Dobby was an incredible hitter. In his 17-year career, Dobby spent 14 years in the major leagues and collected 1,697 hits and 273 home runs to complement his 288 batting average. Larry Dobby was a nine-time All-Star, seven of which came in the MLB, and he was considered for an MVP award four times, getting second place in the MVP voting in 1954, coming short to one of the Yankees Hall of Famers, Yogi Berra. So, not bad company there. Dobby was part of three World Series championships, of which he helped to win two. With the Newark Eagles, Dobby had five hits, a triple, a home run, five RBIs, and three stolen bases in the seven-game World Series win against the Kansas City Monarchs, finishing the series with a .227 batting average. In 1948, with the Cleveland Indians, Larry had seven hits, a double, a home run, two RBIs, and a .318 batting average that helped push the Indians to their second World Series championship over the Boston Braves. As a matter of fact, Dobby and his then-teammate Satchel Paige were the first African-American players to win a World Series championship after winning 111 games and an AL pennant. The same year, he was awarded the AL's RBI leader and home run champion. Not bad for the future Hall of Famer, as he was inducted into Cooperstown in 1998 by the Veterans Committee. Finally, I want to talk about Oscar Charleston, who is commonly known now as the Willie Mays of his day. Now, to be coupled with a name like that, like Willie Mays, is a pretty big deal. And Charleston was a big deal. Charleston played for 18 seasons in the various Negro League divisions for seven different teams, spending the most time with the Pittsburgh Crawfords, who would later change their name to the Toledo Crawfords in 1939. Much like many of the other players on this list, Charleston was an elite, skilled, and talented hitter. So talented, in fact, that he won the batting title three times, and the Triple Crown along with them. 
At one point in his career, Charleston had a 433 batting average with a 512 on base percentage and an OPS well over 1.2. Literally video game numbers from the then 24-year-old outfielder. Much like Gibson, Charleston had three seasons with a batting average over 400 and 13 seasons with a batting average over 300. All of this impressive hitting earned Charleston a career 364 batting average, thanks to his 2,034 hits, 211 home runs, and 1,319 RBIs. And, according to Seamheads.com, Charleston had 367 stolen bases, the most by any Negro leaguer at the time. And the incredible thing, he was only caught stealing three times. That is, if you're wondering, a 99.18% success rate on stealing bases. <laughs> Even the all-time stolen base leader from the MLB, Ricky Henderson, had a 80.75 success rate stealing bases. I mean, that is unreal. And just to put that into perspective, Ricky Henderson was less successful at stealing bases than Charleston was. This just goes to show how Charleston was such a big threat in both the batter's box and on the base paths. Charleston, too, was inducted into the Negro League Hall of Fame in 1976 and is currently recognized by the National Baseball Hall of Fame today. Now, as you can imagine, I am only scratching the surface of the incredible talent that came from the Negro Leagues, especially when the league was in its golden era from 1920 to 1932. It's been an absolute joy to learn about these athletes and what they were going through throughout the entirety of the league's history, and reading some of the stories that have come from it. It's also been, as you can imagine, quite a challenge getting these podcasts trimmed down to a decent length, because as I believe I mentioned in last week's episode, I could talk about this topic and baseball in general for hours and hours. As I mentioned earlier in this podcast, there are 37 Hall of Famers that came out of the Negro Leagues, and that's not to mention the other 3,363 players that also played in the Negro Leagues during its long history. The Negro Leagues is just such a goldmine of fantastic stories of people playing and enjoying the sport of baseball. It's such a rich history, a finely woven tapestry, if you will, based primarily on the love of baseball and fulfilling the passion to play baseball no matter the political and social challenges that these athletes were going through. It's been a truly inspiring experience to research everything that I possibly could about the Negro Leagues, and I'm excited to learn more and more about this era of baseball and the era that truly changed the game we know today forever. Thank you for listening.